Is something funny? <laughs> no. My guest is already ruining everything. Uh, <laughs> with laughter. Okay, I don't think anything's funny. Did you see my post last night on Facebook about Trump? No. Okay, so I posted, if anyone thinks anything funny is funny about Trump, you're mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And if anybody thinks that calling ICE is funny, you're basically encouraging ethnic cleansing. Totally. And it's not funny. And then I wrote at the end of the post, I'm drunk. <laughs> Which is true. But all true. That doesn't negate what I was saying about Trump. I support it. You support what? Your, your post. And, <laughs> oh. and the drunkenness. My, both. both. <laughs> God. I, you know, I need to... Um, I don't drink that much anymore, though. Wait, you're sober, right? No. Oh, why did I think that? I don't know. Do I think everybody's sober except me? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, my guest today is Heather Turman. Hello. And here she is. I don't know how long I've known her, but I guess a while. Yeah, a couple years. (sighs) Are you bummed out today? Am I bummed out? No. I'm, I'm, I mean... How's it been going for you? Just be honest. How's everything going for you? Yeah. Um, Any problems? <laughs> good. I mean, the usual shit, you know, the usual, my 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 own baggage. We were talking about baggage before the podcast Baggage. Started. Yeah, my own baggage, like, rearing its head here and there, but otherwise all good. Right, yeah. Well, it is Father's Day, and I, and I just want to say I don't have a relationship with my father, and thank God for that. Um <laughs> But we but, we were discussing right. that it mm-hmm. influences all your relationships with men. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. I went on a date last night with a guy who, um, well, first off, let's talk about red flags. Okay. I like red flags. Because, um, well, and this will lead into something I said I wanted to talk about. Okay. You know who? Yes. That man. Uh-huh. <laughs> That tiny man. Um, <laughs> he's short, right? He is short. Have you met him? Um, the one that we... <laughs> Chris they... Hardwick is who I'm talking about. Oh, um, no, I have not. You've but never he, met him? I think he is, is he shorter. short? I think he is on the shorter side, yeah. Are we supposed to name him or no? Yeah, or we can talk like about this. Or is it like an alleged thing? Well, it's an alleged thing at this point. But right. It's, but I did see an interesting tweet from someone who... Uh, you know, really works in that field who had pointed out that his response turned it around on her. Oh, of course. Which is typical, something... typical abuser response. Yeah. So we have to just okay. assume. <laughs> well, hold that thought. So let's talk about. Um, OK, so like red flags and baggage mm-hmm. and things like that, because you know, like I'll be honest, like, OK, so I we're the same age, right? Yeah. We're 31. I've never really I can't say I've ever really dated Like ever, I just end up in these relationships. Okay. With guys. (laughs) Okay. So like usually I'll be in a relationship for like one or two years and then we'll break up. You know, we'll be broken up for like, I usually go around a year to a year and a half without a boyfriend. Okay. And then I'll get another boyfriend. Okay. Okay. But I don't, I don't really like seek these people out. They just kind of, like, enter my life. Right. And then we're, like, in a relationship somehow. I gotcha. Do you know what that, I mean? I do. So I've never actively, like, dated 
you but know. But you are kind of now, wouldn't you say? Um, a little bit. I'm not on any uh, dating apps. Well, I have been in the past, but okay. like looking through like some of the options on it, there, it I'm feels like, sad. <laughs> like it just makes you feel worse. <laughs> well, yeah, because I feel like it's like you're scraping. You know, it's it's like it's a uh, you're scraping the um. There's a residue. <laughs> it's well, a people residue. It is. Well, it, like on a fish tank, but it's people. But it's people. <laughs> yeah. It's always they're bad me people. Out. Yeah. It's always like freaked me well, out in cause, general. Because think about like because it's not supposed to be difficult to have human interactions right. yet. Well, it's it, so difficult for some reason. Well, especially now, I think. Technology. Technology. But then also, like, we've got, like, with the apps, like, these are people telling you, like, putting the image forward that they think right. they are, it, and it's it, probably yes. not true. Oh, yes. And that's another thing, because even on, like, you know, Facebook and and Instagram, like, everybody's profile is, like, highly, highly curated. Yeah, it's their ideal <laughs> version of self. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I'm guilty of that probably on Insta. Well, on Facebook, I think I'm pretty, like, genuine. Like, uh-huh. most of my posts are, like, you know, I post a lot of, like, joke stuff that I think is funny. Yeah, I love your jokes. <sighs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and But on Instagram, I'm constantly, like, posting these, like, selfies of... But with sarcastic that's, comments. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Actually, I think I'm pretty genuine on yeah, social media. Yeah, I think, I think every time I see anything posted by Heather Maruli, it's oh, yeah. on brand. It is on brand oh, for Heather Maruli. Yeah, but but the these people, you know, I, I don't know what a good example would be. Like, you know, oh, here's oh here's a word that I hate. Okay. That people, men use this on their dating profiles a lot. Sapiosexual. Have you heard this? No. So what the, it's the supposed to... <laughs> It's so it's supposed to be like, oh, I'm attracted to the mind. Oh god. And as soon as I see somebody puts that there, I'm like, this is one of the dumbest people alive. Yeah. There's they're not an intellectual. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, and I've messaged guys on like Bumble and Tinder and stuff. I can tell immediately if they're stupid. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And I'm not bragging about my mental capacities. Well, I'd say but. that you're, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd say that you're definitely smarter than the average bear, for sure. Right, but you... I think sometimes. Well, I think I think this goes for I think any woman could relate to this. Like if you're if you're an attractive woman, I think people make certain assumptions about what's going on in your head. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you I've know? been a victim of this my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, and not to say that I'm like so attractive. I've never <laughs> felt attractive. Right. I've never said that about myself yeah. either. I'm like, oh, I'm so hot. Actually, I'm very into myself. But uh. <laughs> which, as you should, and that's yeah. the thing, though, that tends to intimidate people mm. because they don't have necessarily the courage to, uh, or the balls to be that confident you know what Mm. i mean and so like i feel like that can be intimidating to people right even though it's really good and and you should then attract and that may be your dating problems heather is that like (laughs) truthfully like you are you probably are intimidating to a lot of men because you you do go after what you want well the guy who i went out with last night he you know what he said to me he was like i don't think you know how powerful you are wow that's a good line "Hmm." i was (laughs) like all right yeah. I was like, okay. I guess I am. I've always heard my entire life that, um, God, this podcast is turning into like, just about me again. But um, no, like people have always told me like, oh, well, people know when you're in a room. And I'm like, oh, really? Because like on the inside, I'm so like, I don't think I'm self-aware in certain ways. I get that too. Where I'm just like, 
like sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, like, oh, there's so many people. Like I, I get like intimidated by people easily. Totally. It's like imposter syndrome. Do you get that? Like uh, where, you, where you feel Where like... I don't think I'm talented and well, all when, that when stuff. People, well, when a dude tells you that you're more powerful than you are, are do you feel like, what? That doesn't sound like me. Oh, or do you feel well, like when he does? said that, I was like, what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even though in like, it's weird. It's like a weird contradictory thing in my head. Because like in my head, I'm definitely like, oh my God, I'm a fucking queen. And then like when somebody like says something like that, I'm like, really? <laughs> it's like I love hearing the reinforcement. The re- I was I just going to say it's a reinforcement. And yeah. not everybody's going to see that. But if you if it's genuine to you, then like the people who are confident themselves are probably going to pick up on it you know right I mean? yeah and not be afraid yeah but you know there's a lot of you know because we both do stand-up comedy which is <laughs> quite unfortunate <laughs> you know do people ever ask you like for advice on how to like do comedy or start comedy yeah people i do i get and i get people from <laughs> what do you like, tell them i'm like just go out and they're like should i take a class should I do this? i'm like <laughs> Don't take a class that's going to teach you to sound like everyone else. Like, well, it, you know I, I mean? my new advice is don't start. <laughs> Just, I think that's great. I was like, do you want, I was like, do you want to be miserable? Like only do it if it, if you, if your life is I was like, do you have nothing? Well, no. I mean, I also like, do you have nothing else going for you? Like, <laughs> like then fine. Yeah. Maybe try stand up. Like yesterday there was this guy. We're all over the place. That's fine. But uh, there was this guy at this open mic I did last night. Not to brag that I still do open mics, guys. But, you know, I have it like that. Uh, I also did a book show last night. But um, this guy, he was like, oh, yeah, this is my this is my first time. And he was, you know, that look people yeah. get when it's their oh, first it's time. Awful. And they, they're so, like, excited. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Just. <laughs> and, and. And we were having this conversation in the green room. I said, I, I was like, there's no way anybody could do stand-up comedy and not be slightly mentally ill. Yeah. Like, well, you have to have something kind and, of fucking wrong with you. And there has to be a, you have to have a certain amount of delusion oh, as yes. well. To even yes. assume that anybody wants to listen to you talk. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> I, I said, I, I was like, if you honestly think... That you're like a normal person for wanting to go on the stage and have people like listen to you. You're you're insane. Yeah. Like you're wrong. <laughs> See, that's how self-aware I am of my mental illness, guys. Just like I'm very sick and I know it. <laughs> <laughs> very sick. Well, I'm not. I'm not like sick. Sick. No. Like, like I know exactly what my problems are. Which I think is like. I mean, that's that thing, right? Where like when you're. You're aware. That's what comedy is. You're aware of these things. And instead of necessarily dealing with them, we mm-hmm. deflect and turn it into humor. Oh, yeah. 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 It's awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you ever go through these phases where you're like, ugh, like, I'm sure you do. But like, you're like, oh, my God, like all of my material is awful. What? I, I <laughs> and I hate big, saying I love this. that you're like, I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I think everybody I think no, if you're good think, everybody goes through that yeah no I've had um well after I got divorced I had to chuck like how much fucking material about my ex-wife I was mad about it I was oh, like shit this oh did you have a I, did I didn't know you before then right or no you did but not a little bit but not very yeah not uh that personally um mm-hmm. but uh yeah and so 
there was a moment where I wasn't connected to any of my material anymore. And that was really hard and really sad. Like, you know what I mean? But I yeah. managed to come up with yeah. new material. No, I still try to, like, keep jokes about people who I dated, like, five years ago. Yeah. And I try to, I, like, take out certain words and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> well, if you keep dating the same guys, then you, technically you can still use the same type of material. And what I mean by that is. Oh, the same types of the guys. same types of guys. Like, the <laughs> ones who are unavailable. Emotionally unavailable, yeah. man. Yeah, so that is my problem, you know. Wait, have you had that problem? Emotionally unavailable people? Um, it, or what would you say you're, the problem you've had in relationships in the past has been? Oh, man, that's a big one. I don't think anybody's ever put it that way to me. Um, mine has been uh, seeking, you know, I guess I would try to earn my earn my keep in a way within the relationship. Like, okay. Like, you know, look how wonderful I am. Like, and try to like, oh. you know what I mean? Like a do-gooder, people-pleaser. Like, just so annoying. And I've definitely worked through this stuff. And um, But I was definitely like a serial – I am was ser- serial monogamous for sure. And I don't like that about myself, but hmm. I also – So d- when people say serial monogamous, does that basically like – going from relationship to relationship yeah and i've like i've really only see i wish i how do i do that (laughs) (laughs) i would love that well it sounds like you kind of do in a way because you said that you have like all of a sudden you'll be in a relationship for like yeah but i'll take it'll be like a year or a year and a half or two years in between which i think is healthy oh oh (laughs) (laughs) i like i i really only had one i had like two years after my high school almost three years after my high school relationship, but I was Mm -hmm. struggling with whether or not I was gay and all that shit. Right. And then um, I found out for sure that I was, and then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, got into a relationship. Was he the only man you were ever in a relationship with? Yeah. Let's not say man, let's say boy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, there was a guy when I moved out here that I'm still friends with that, like, you know, we were technically dating, and I just remember – we got along and we had a lot in common, but like, I mean, I would leave his, like, I wouldn't spend the night there. I would like go home and take a shower. Like I could not, you know what I mean? I could not spend the night next to him, obviously because I was a lesbian. Like, (laughs) Is but, that what it was? Yeah, I do. But it was that. like no man. You I, I was never able to. So con- were you already consciously thinking that or? Um. Yes, in a way, mm-hmm. I questioned it. I was googling how do you how do I know if I'm a lesbian for like really since Google became a thing. For oh like my gosh. A couple years. Okay. Yeah. Um. But he he was great, and I I just remember like that moment where he told me he loved me, and like I you felt nothing. I was like, oh dear God, and like he was like, can you believe we've been seeing each other for three months? I'm like, three months? I've got to get out of this, and I like <laughs> cut it off, and then yeah. didn't ever have pers- have any relationship with a man after that. I mean, I slept mm-hmm. with a couple of dudes, right? But yeah, yeah, overrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like I don't really. Somebody, uh, oh my God, somebody asked me recently like when's the last time you had like a really great orgasm with a man i was like i really had to think it was oh man i was like hmm i i don't i don't know if i really care about sex so much with men as more than i care i care more about just like um like intimacy as far as like like kissing and like holding hands and so that means way more to me than than sex okay for some reason i don't know Yeah, no affection is important i think like that's the thing you know i'm i'm a 
I need a lot of affection. That's right. I, I think yeah. I think physical touch is like my love language. <laughs> oh, I've taken the, that quiz. Have, Have you done you? that? No, I haven't. Yeah. So my um my number one is uh, words of affirmation. Mm. And my second is physical touch. That sounds exactly like me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I need to hear over and over that somebody likes me or loves me, you know, and is, like, complimenting me and stuff like that. Sure, but I think, like, that's the thing, too, is that within a healthy relationship where it's working, it shouldn't necessarily be, like, a forced thing. It should just be understood. If it's, like, understood by their actions, then, Mm -hmm. like, you don't need to be, like, you didn't tell me this today or, yeah. That See, that's how I know I've never had, like, um, maybe my first relationship was good like that. And was this the the man who passed, unfortunately? No. Okay. Different guy. Different guy who is living... Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guess this guy was like pretty good with that stuff. Like he did like, like take actions that showed that he loved me. But, you know, ultimately I, that relationship kind of uh, ruined um, my ability to fully trust people uh-huh. because he ended up, uh, he broke up with me and like immediately started dating somebody else. Oh, this is that one. Yeah. Well, which one? No, I've had two like that. Okay. (laughs) The most current then is not this guy. No, this is my first serious boyfriend. Okay. This was in college. And so he, um, we were in a long distance relationship. So I was in school in New York and he was in Colorado and he, (laughs) this is so fucked up. He broke up with me like the week of my last final exams. Oh, shit. That's so fucked. Before the test. Yeah, the like literally, this, this was like maybe the Friday before finals week. That's so fucked. Like, that <laughs> Isn't is that so fucked, fucked up? Yeah. Like you couldn't wait, a, maybe wait a week. Yeah. But then it would have been like Christmas. Who cares? Anyway, so he, he breaks up with me like over the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to come out to New York to help me move all of my stuff back to Colorado. Oh, shit. Was like the flight booked and everything? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, he just he, bailed. Yeah, he just bailed. I mean, we had had a fight on the phone the night before, which I didn't think was a big deal. And it the fight was about John Mayer <laughs> and who I met in this I building. I remember. Guys, you know, everything comes full circle. Uh, <laughs> I remember I shook John Mayer's hand at the improv once a really long time ago. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, my, like by the transitive property, like, I've touched, like, Jennifer Aniston's vagina, <laughs> like, all these fucking vaginas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's actually a really nice guy. Totally. Um, But anyway, so, no, because I was, um, so VH1 was, like, having a contest to get tickets to John Mayer's Storytellers. <laughs> So you were supposed to send in like a picture of your favorite like John Mayer concert memory. So I called him up. I was like, his name is Brandon. I was like, hey, Brandon, um, do you have those pictures from the John Mayer concert we went to last summer? Because we had seen John Mayer and Dave Matthews band. Okay. Uh, And believe it or not, folks, John Mayer opened for Dave Matthews band, (laughs) which I get he wouldn't. That wouldn't happen now. I think it would be the opposite now. Right. I don't but know. well, I think with something like that, there's it's like this... co-headlining almost. Well, there's like a seniority, like it is like co-headlining. I think it's. Like I feel like they could switch off nights. Yeah, no, I think so too. <laughs> Not that they'll ever tour together ever again, but <laughs> that's just a fantasy in my head. Oh, also, he that night of that concert, he made me leave before Dave Matthews Band was done, and when we were like 
because you know he had to go to work in the morning like a fucking loser and <laughs> i re- i remember thinking like oh what an old loser you know how old he was uh, how old 28 28 and he was a fucking party pooper at 28 wanting to leave when dave matthews band was still playing. but do you know why i think that is he hmm. sounds like because i just heard my own behavior in that like if he oh. wasn't emotionally available like like no, I, I think he I was would do that oh he, you you think so he, we were in love yeah but still but even then like because i was in love with my ex-wife i yeah. was in love with um the woman that i dated before her and yeah. it's like that thing where it's um i still would feel like i had to like you know like oh like i gotta like you know become successful to earn their love hmm. so i've got to like like i've got to get to work in the morning like i've got to go do this and so oh, i would you know that's kind of so, interesting yeah. that you bring that up so i wouldn't be present in the that's kind of interesting you bring that up because when we broke up he said you know, one of the thing things he was talking about was like he's like because at that time even though he was older than me he hadn't finished college mm-hmm. and he's just like oh like you're graduating college like you're probably gonna move to la i was already talking about moving to la i was already talking about like wanting to try stand up even though like this this breakup put me in a depression for like three years i'm not even kidding you i was so fucking depressed i get it (sighs) lost a lot of weight uh (laughs) (laughs) the silver lining of every breakup so um oh yeah but we um he made me leave the concert and when we were in the parking lot they were playing my favorite dave matthews band song number 41 and (laughs) and see and so that's the thing though right is it like and this is what i've really come to learn is that so you know, he didn't necessarily feel worthy of your love. And I know this sounds like, you know, mm. this is a comedy podcast and I'm getting heavy shit. Mm-hmm. But like when somebody's not in a space where they're feeling like if he's measuring himself against you and you're doing all this other stuff, right. there's a part where he's not worthy of it. And so he's needing, he's telling himself like, I've got to do X, Y, and Z to be worthy of it rather than just loving you in the moment by letting you have the best fucking experience, knowing that you love it. Right. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. would have been the loving action, but he didn't love himself enough. And I know that's oh, so Oh God, that's so complicated. It's so fuck it is. It's also fucked, I'm telling you. It really you. blows my mind. But anywho. You you heterosexual woman, I told you as <laughs> when we first got yeah. here. I feel for you. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's rough. But I um oh yeah, so here's was here was the fight. I was like, Do you have those pictures from the concert? And he's like, Your obsession with John Mayer is unhealthy. Oh I was my like, god. Excuse you? <laughs> he was jealous of a celebrity? Well, he no, he was acting like I was like a fucking like I was like stalking him or something. Which I feel is like that's, not true. <laughs> he was insecure about it. Oh, that I had so much love for John Mayer. Yeah. Is that what it is? I think so. God, I still remember him saying that and and this is what I said to him. Fuck you. <laughs> and I hung up the phone. Good for which you. I mean, isn't that the correct reaction? <laughs> Um, yeah, to be actually, honest. I would say, fuck yeah. <laughs> you fuck know, yeah. even, see, I was 22, taking no shit, but it <laughs> blew up in my face the next day. So he breaks up with me. And then, um, so I, my dad actually, okay, one thing that my dad helped me with, he, <laughs> he helped me get all my stuff back to Colorado. And then, um. So why aren't you guys on speaking terms, though? Who? You and your father. Do you not well, that's a with- whole other story. Okay. I mean, we, no, we can touch on that. I mean, I, I haven't seen him in almost six years. He, okay. he lives in uh, another country. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I just feel like I don't like the way he treated my mother. I gotcha. So I have a big problem with that. I gotcha. So that's part of it. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. So um, anywho, I so I did make it back to Colorado, which where I ended up trapped for like 
almost four years. Oh, wow. Now, are you now, are you from Colorado Springs? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I've seen you visit there, there. And Okay, because I mean, I've done Looney's a couple times. Terrible place. <laughs> <laughs> Did you first Looney's? try stand-up at Looney's? No, I, I started stand-up in Los Angeles. Okay, me too. Which is, guys, if you're thinking about starting stand-up, and this is free advice. Start anywhere podcast. other than Los Angeles. Start anywhere <laughs> other than Los Angeles. Please, dear God, I am an anomaly. Okay, <laughs> trust me. Too. me. Yeah, yeah it's, we're, we both are. Like, if you start here, like, you will most likely be swallowed up. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I fought my way through it. Um, oh, yeah. So I went to go get um, some of my stuff from him. <laughs> One of the things I got was uh, it was a scrapbook that his grandmother had made. Of, of our you relationship. guys? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And, and he was like, I don't know why he said this pissed me off when he said this. He's like, Heather, if I give this to you, you'll never get over me. And I was like. <laughs> I was like, you're a library security guard, <laughs> which is true. That is such a good like movie moment. Like that needs to like whenever oh, I yeah, hear these it needs moments, to be in a script. Like, and I just like Isn't I need it amazing? to be. I need it to be like dated in the '90s. Like, I want to see like '90s fashion and somebody just being like, "If I give you this scrapbook, because like bef- it's got to be before internet and stuff," know, and just being like, "You're a library security guard." <laughs> just, <laughs> so good is, i know i was like what like he gave it to me and and i threw it in the back of my closet and i've never opened it since oh shit but anyway like i asked him straight up because oh so um he his password was the same for everything Have oh you ever yeah. met somebody like that who's yes. an idiot yes and so i logged <laughs> on to his facebook like maybe 10 minutes after he broke up with me yeah, and he had sent a message to a girl named Laura. Oh, God. Being like, hey, Laura, do you want to hang out? <laughs> they're married now. Oh, kids. my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. But when I went to go pick up his stuff, I was like, well, did you break up with me to date another girl? Which he did, obviously, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, And he looks me, looks at me, he goes, no, I didn't. And I was like, oh, you're a fucking piece of shit liar. Yeah. So that- I'll remember that forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you need to repeat that cycle. I think you need to date a guy and then break up with him and, and for another pers- person. For another person. I think uh, I don't know if I'm capable of that. I didn't think I was capable of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I no, I I've never that's that scenario has never come up. But as far as the thing you were talking about about him not feeling worthy mm-hmm. of me, maybe my last boyfriend fits in that too because I think so too. He was like super like jealous of my comedy career guys where i'm making so much money doing comedy uh i can't believe it my bank account is not overdrawn if you uh can believe that (laughs) (laughs) it is um (laughs) but like he was just like he was always like oh like how you're booked and all these things i'm like what like like stop like one time he was he was on a show and I went with him and, and the hosts gave me a date yeah, for a future show. And he's like, did you come here just to get booked on a show? I was like, no. Oh, that's and that's the crazy thing. Two comics like I mean, that's hard shit. I don't know. Like I'm with somebody in entertainment and I, I have to fucking watch this shit a lot. And it's it challenges my deepest mm-hmm. stuff. Like because like, I mean, I like haul fucking ass. Yeah. And my partner hasn't had to work a day in her life outside of getting residuals <laughs> do you know what I mean mm. other you know a few like so it's just to witness um you know offers come your way and like all this stuff like it's really hard yeah but you know I I 
manage. I, I, I work through it and I'm just like, relax. Like mm-hmm. what's good for her is good for me. And yeah, you know? Yeah. I, um, but that's hard. Like two comics. Cause it, the ego is so fragile in comedy. Like our egos can like, can be like completely built up to like the biggest, most like, you know, huge, to the biggest level, it can balloon after a beautiful set, and then it can also just be completely shattered yeah. to the point where we want to kill well, ourselves. Well, you know, it's funny because when we broke up, he told me he's like, "Oh, I like I need to focus on my comedy career," and I was like, "What?" Like, and is then he out he... there focusing on his comedy? Nope. Career? No, <laughs> exactly. Of, of course, course not. not. No, no, no. I I think he does comedy way less now. Sure. I think he was doing comedy way more when we were dating. Yeah, and that's the thing. Well, he, he got didn't... a new girlfriend like a month after we broke up. You told me that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, though, is he doesn't deep down he knows he's not a good comic and it's not actually his fucking career path probably and no so that so it's basically like a self-sabotaging thing yeah 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 Yeah. and so to be around you and stuff he was forced to confront all the stuff all that stuff and it's easier to just like distract yourself with a relationship with somebody who's not in comedy yeah well and i remember one of the last times i saw him we were all at um we were at the lexington me him and some other com- like it was at a mic i was hosting mm-hmm. and like honestly i told him oh my god i told him multiple times please do not i was like don't even be around me i had to go to the bathroom to throw up multiple oh, times god, it was rough. that intense where i was just because i loved him yeah. you know and like just seeing him was like painful for me i'm sorry um yeah, but, like, he made this, like, snide fucking remark where, um, <laughs> like, we were all talking about, like, you know, the state of comedy and our comedy careers and all that stuff. And he looks at me and he goes, well, I'm sure you're doing just fine. And I was <laughs> like, what? I oh, No. <laughs> like, no, I'm struggling. Oh, like, man. at my level, I'm struggling. You know, I it's think. Sure. I mean, I, I am at my level, too. Like, right. Like, like, it's constantly, you're constantly trying to claw yourself, like, up to the next level, well, you know? Well, and social media doesn't help, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have a show that you're excited about, mm-hmm. you know, you immediately feel like, it's over you feel like oh my god yeah it's awful yeah like i have a i like at the beginning of this month like i had almost no shows and then i got some messages from people i was like oh i have like a bunch of shows now this month yeah and now for next month i only have like shows in like portland and i'm like okay where are my shows in la (laughs) like i have nothing going on and it sets like panic sets in it's a huge like month to month like swing basically where you're just like oh what's gonna happen i know it it is like that Mm -hmm. and i'm just like i'm just trying to do shows that i I feel compelled to do now too like I'm not like mm-hmm. I used to be so like oh I have to get on this show and now I'm like oh, who cares yeah I'm like that too yeah I I because it, it definitely like as you keep going what you want changes I think yeah and you keep having these things of like oh if I get on that show then that just means that like I'm accepted by that group and that is going to lead to this things and these things and that things and like it right. doesn't it doesn't fucking work that way it's no. like you do a show and the show's over and it's like motherfuck it didn't change anything <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) exactly you know except people you know saw your name on a poster Mm -hmm. and and in my fantasy people are like they're like you know texting each other about me and being like how did she get on this or like (laughs) why why is she doing this i think a lot of people screenshot my tweets really Mm -hmm. i like your tweets thank you but have you ever like looked on like on Twitter, like you can click on like view activity and like see how many tweet expansions you have. No, I've like I, yeah. I I've never. This is I'm so b- 
not in that world. Like I don't look at like analytics or like anything like that. And I, I suppose I should care more. But yeah. like I just I'm do. like super into all that stuff. But um no, there's like I subtweet a lot. Like you know that, right? Yeah. Big subtweeter. Which is really just <laughs> passive aggressive tweeting. <laughs> but it's like called it's subtweeting. Funny, though. It is funny. It is funny. No, but there's a tweet I did once that was definitely about my ex and I know he saw it because he blocked me on Twitter like mm. the next day, but we were already uh, not following each other, <laughs> which yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah. Which means that he was going out of his way yeah. to look at my tweets. Of course. Right. But um, I always feel like I like I my I feel like I've seen tweets that I think are about me. And like I always just like them, and I'm just like, and I'm like, I don't know if this person is gonna like laugh to themselves because they think like, oh, oh my god, she's clueless and oblivious, has no fucking idea. I think there was one that Danielle Perez tweeted about me where it said, um, if a subtweet gets zero likes, was it worth it? <laughs> I saw that one, and, and then, then I saw I, your response, and then and I replied, I, I was like, yes, <laughs> which is true. But there was a tweet I, about my ex, where, which I know prompted him to block me. And I, I looked at it, and it had like over a hundred uh, detail expansions. Oh shit! Which means <laughs> so somebody was obsessively like opening it and like oh man looking at it, which brings me great pleasure. Oh sure, absolutely. You know the fact that somebody first off it could have been about anybody. <laughs> no, to- I, totally. I like. Well, that's the thing is that I love. Uh, but that, you know, you're so, literally people are so vain. They probably think those tweets are about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Well, speaking of um, uh, Twitter and social media, let's just talk about what's his face. Okay. <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Uh- <laughs> so we've already discussed that we like, so it's just allegations right now. But uh-huh. based on his response, it's, it's, it, 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 I say? see he was, red flags. He, did he say, he used the word, um... What is it? It starts with a B. What is it? Blindsided. Yeah. I'm blindsided. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, let's just give some background. So his, do you want to tell this story? Sure. Yeah. I guess his, uh, I mean, his ex posted like a a blog on Medium Medium, that essentially detailed a past abusive relationship and people put the, connected the dots and assumed that it was Chris Hardwick. And then she tweeted out her thanks, which... And did not deny that they were wrong. So mm-hmm. therefore, people were like, oh, it's Chris Hardwick. And then, of course, the yeah. um, backlash began. And for me, what we were saying, like, that person's response that he was, uh, that he turned it around on her instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the number one sign somebody's guilty. Well, didn't he I also listen, say- Do you ever listen to Ryan's Roses? <laughs> like, fucking Ryan oh, Seacrest my- on the radio? Yeah, I do, actually. Okay, me too. And I, like, wish I didn't, but it's funny shit because- the, the people that are guilty, these men are so, ter- they're terrible liars. And they're constantly. Oh, no, they're always like, oh, it's my friend. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, uh, I was doing a surprise. I was going to get a secret, a beach apartment for us. And she's like, we can't even afford our own apartment, you know, and like, yeah. like all this bullshit. And like, the immediately, the ones who are guilty are always like, I can't believe you bought, brought Ryan Seacrest into this. What's wrong with you? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're so crazy. You're so suspicious. And like that is the number one sign that somebody's guilty, and that has been his response. So oh, by saying like oh, you're the uh, something's wrong with you. I but he also said like in a statement he was like, oh, you know these allegations truly disturb me as a husband. Yeah, and a, a future, future father. father. Yeah, and I was like, shut up. Yeah, 
nobody cares what you have to say. And then, and then also, I'm. It made me wonder the dynamic in his marriage. Yeah, it made me, too. me wonder about that. I was like, is, is this woman okay? Yeah. Has she said anything? I know that it makes me think that too because you know, like the stuff that came out about like, oh, you know, he told me like I wasn't allowed to drink and I wasn't allowed to do X, Y, and Z. And right. Um, and then, you know, when he came out with his defense, what he had said was, I was blindsided. We broke up when I found out she was cheating on me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he said he ended the relationship because she was unfaithful. Well, big fucking deal. You know, making it sound like he's a victim. Well, when somebody's abusive, generally the other person is probably going fig- to try to find some way out A, a way to get out, yeah, yeah if and, they can. And if they feel if they don't feel safe to just do it themselves, generally they finding would, another like, partner is basically a, way to, a form yeah. of sabotage to yeah. get out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I wouldn't, I, yeah. I mean, that would be the only way, one of the only ways to leave. Yeah. I mean, so it's just like that thing we, and we talked, you know, just about like our own situations with controlling men. Mm-hmm. I, anybody who tries to control Anybody. I mean, it's all so fucked. And you have to think, though, I bet nerds, like, there's a lot of, like, oh. I mean, the Dungeon well, so and Dragons. I, I heard like, a lot shit. about, yeah, no, culture. I've seen a lot of people, like, posting about nerd culture. I, like, Allison Stevenson had a tweet that uh, said, I'll pull it up here. Yeah, pull it up. Because, like, I, I really do think uh, there's something to that. Yeah, and because it is this idea, like, it's this idea of, um, it's like people feel like they're being subversive. They're like, oh, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. When really they're like buying into these like certain like uh, power structures. Yes. Where so like I guess like when you think like oh somebody's a nerd it, like they're, they're like fighting against the status quo or whatever, but really like this whole nerd culture thing it's so like full of like money and power and like you know like comics are like bigger than ever and like these comic cons are like huge yeah. and. And like all these men who are just like, yeah, nerd. Like, but like, I haven't. Who who are there any other guys in like nerd culture who was who were kind of like, oh, like Stanley? Wasn't he like grabbing nurses' asses? Well, that's what I was gonna like say that. is that I feel like a lot of the cosplay um, culture is very much like the women are appreciated for their physical attributes only. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I had a friend who was a cosplayer, and I was just like. You know, she would like sell all of these, um, these like pictures of herself, and like she, like men would be like buying her gifts and all this <laughs> stuff. And to me, like it seemed like weird. I, I don't know what it. Okay, so this is the tweet from Allison Stevenson. So she said, uh, "Some of the worst misogynists, abusers, and narcissists I know are self-proclaimed nerds. Nerd culture is extremely corporate, not very radical, and not all that progressive." So basically, mainstream nerd culture can die right now and I'd be happy. <laughs> She's it's right. True. She's absolutely right. She's right. It's a very misogynistic culture. I, I, and that being said, yeah. though, I do know, like, I do have a friend who comes to mind who's an actual feminist and an actual, uh, like, he gets it and he's very into nerd culture. Um, mm-hmm. But What are you I, talking about? You, I don't know if you know him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but he, uh, he is somebody who. I'm always it surprises me how into the nerd culture he is because he's so evolved in that way yeah because there is something um I don't know what it is I guess it's it's like old world it's like it is that power structure it's like archetypes about there's archetypes about like men and women they celebrate are inherent to nerd culture yes um so like 
I don't know, like this idea of like the, uh, you know, like the woman who's like a prize or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, or like, like winning a woman, yes, you know, like a as woman. a, that, that's sort of like a part of it, oh, I it's think totally too, you know, it, yeah. because like this whole thing about nerds being like, oh, I don't get laid and like all this stuff and. And then they're like worshiping these like cosplayer girls, and oh my god, it's so weird. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't really want to be involved in that. Like I've been to, um, I went to a con once, and I was just like, like, why does this? It's basically yeah. just like a shopping mall, totally, where like people are just buying. And I've never understood this. I don't know if you like, do you collect like figurines? Like people like collect these like. Yeah, no, they do. My, I don't my understand friend who that. I was mentioning uh, that shit. Yeah. I don't understand well, that. I'll say this is my nerdy thing. My, like, I'm coming out in this way. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a massive Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I certainly, but like, that was, you know, three men and, and two women on the same superhero team. None, none, none of the women were made to feel less uh-huh. powerful. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I went to one con solely to uh, get some Power Ranger gear and like um, and not even get gear. I didn't buy anything, but just to look at it, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's interesting to see all that goes on there. It's figurines. It's, it's these weird. Obs- it's, it's literally costumes and characters. And um, it's, it's weird. But what else? <laughs> I have, yeah, I know, and and they they bring in like so much money in those things, like so oh, yeah. much money. Well, it's it's merchant. It's like the epitome of branding and merchandise. Well, merchandise is like the biggest money maker for like films today. Where like, I mean, that's why they keep. Because I was talking with somebody yesterday, you know, about like the types of movies that are popular right now, and like everything's like you know superheroes, comic books, you know, Star Wars. Um, just all these franchises. Oh, the fact that but they have another. I don't necessarily another... think they're popular. I think that's all that the studios are investing. That's in all the studios are investing. Take a risk. Right, yeah. exactly. Like they think they're like, oh, this is a surefire way to make money, mm-hmm. and it kind of is in other markets. Like because, yes. like you know, the biggest market in film right now is Asia. Yeah. So like in China, well, China's, specifically, and, and China's like nobody seems concerned with China. Like they're gonna take us over for sure. They're like snapping up. They're like buying properties in Canada and Mexico. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, like if you're rich in China, us. you have so much money. Yeah. Like I, I mean, Chinese rich is like ugh, billionaires. Like these people have, they have so much money yeah. over there. But yeah, no, it is. Films are, uh, mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest markets. And that makes me think, you know, right. and they do love the Chinese culture. There is a lot of, um, you know, Act, they like action action films have right done really and they well also there. like uh big stories with like archetype type mm-hmm. things so like these are movies with like hero villain archetypes yes you know that basically are able to translate in almost every culture yes you know even though like i'm fucking tired of <laughs> but can i ask you this because this, i've been like fascinated yeah. by this lately what would you say are like two of your favorite just name two like what are your two favorite movies that you identify with that I identify Well, just like what – name your two favorite movies. Oh, like one of my favorite movies off the top of my head is Fight Club. Okay. Which, and that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting, and, isn't it? Yeah. But there is – you know, I was talking about that movie recently. I, but it, it, Fight Club, one of the biggest themes in Fight Club is is fighting against like corporations. Mm-hmm. 
which is something that I don't think people do enough of. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm definitely, like, the type of person who's like, fuck the man. Yeah. Like, sometimes I steal toilet paper from a comedy venue that won't book me. And I... I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm like this in a big way. I'm like this in a Just big a, way. Like, <laughs> guys, don't tell on me. No, I, I was almost out of toilet paper the other day. I didn't I didn't want to go get um, a four-pack, so I, I just took sure. a, Never mind. <laughs> I don't need to explain myself, okay? But, but no, but, like, I, I get that, and I'm... I've I'm always had way. this, like... Well, my father, this is one thing that... I guess is kind of positive about him is that he was always kind of like railing against like the government and like corporations. <laughs> That's like a theme in my family is just being like anti-corporate. Like, all and it's stuff. a theme with some of the men you're attracted to. What? Well, I'm just thinking about one person that you've uh, been attracted to that I know of. And that individual is very much like screw corporate america uh-huh. no he's not i think so yeah he cashes checks from corporate america absolutely but that and that just goes to say though like there are individuals who are i mean we're all hypocrites in no some we way. are hypocrites yeah. because I, I you know i work at a law firm yeah. like you know yeah. but i am kind of like rebellious in my own way like i kind of like i you know i like kind of you know get there when i get there and then- yeah yeah <laughs> And, like, I don't really follow, like, I, you know, one of the things I hate in workplaces is, like, dress codes. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing they kind of touch on in Fight Club. Well, especially if you read the book. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's read the book out there. But, um, you know, they're, they're kind of talking about, oh, they're kind of talking about, like, um, you know, just, like, standing up to the man and, like, oh, like, weren't they, they were kind of, like, an anti, there's, like, an anti-Starbucks thing in there, except I'm drinking Starbucks right now, which is fine, you know. It's fine. I mean, like, yeah, I, I just don't buy from companies when I find out what they've put their money into politics-wise. When I find sure. out, you know what I mean, then I'm just, like, yeah. nope, I won't buy there anymore because then my money is directly going to these things that I don't support. Well, I, I like, there's, there's so many examples of I that. love. I know. Like They're, what? Like I will not go to El Coyote because they gave to Prop 8 in 2008. Is that the one on, is that on Beverly? Yeah. And I love, I love uh, Prop 8 more. is the, is the marriage. Yeah. The gay one. marriage yeah. thing. Okay. I've never eaten there. Fuck them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I am like that. I will like, if I find out they've given their money to politics, it's yeah. like totally fucked. Then I will be like, fuck no. Oh yeah. No, that's totally understandable. But I'm Midwestern and I do have like a secret. Like I, I, I do like a good old fashioned chain restaurant. I hate myself for it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, wait, what's your favorite chain? Like, if you had to, like, choose one. I mean, there's a few. Like, I love, like... Do you like the Olive Garden? I secretly love the Olive Garden. It's great. It's a good place. <laughs> I it's wrote It's a good about- place. If you, if, you're, if you think you're too good to eat at the Olive Garden, you're a piece of shit. Okay, <laughs> go on. <laughs> just, just that. But, but, yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't know. So, so Fight Club is one of your movies. Yeah, yeah. Which says... I, I find that, like... Because I've been noticing which movies that I connect with. Mm-hmm. And it's always the underdog. Like, I connect with all movies. It's, mm. like, the outsider and, like, the underdog. Like, Romy Michelle's High School Reunion was a big I one I like for me. that movie, yeah. Yeah. And see, so you could probably see yourself. But you probably relate to Heather Mooney the most. Heather Mooney? Do you? <laughs> oh, I like... No, is the, that's Janine Garofalo, yeah. right? Oh, my God. My favorite part of the movie is when she, like, drools water all over herself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? But is that the character you would uh, say you relate to the most? No, I, I think... Wait, which one is... um? Wait, who does Mira Sorino play? Romy. Romy? I like Romy. Okay, I but think. you like her, but do you... Who do you think reminds you the most of you maybe heather mooney yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess i don't know yeah i have a hard i have a hard time people asking me like what are your favorite movies like i don't know like 
I don't know. Oh, being John Malkovich, I like a lot. Okay. Do you remember I, that one? I do. I'm a big uh, Charlie Kaufman fan. I love all mm. Charlie Kaufman. Um, oh, what what really stands out in my head? Oh, did you ever see Ex Machina? No, I didn't. Oh, that movie stands out in my memory But I love Alicia Vikander. I'm very attracted to Alicia Vikander. Uh, yeah, she's a pretty... I saw her at the Chateau Marmont. Oh, did you? Um, Like a year ago. Yeah, I'm not to brag about my lifestyle, but I, <laughs> you know, sometimes eat a meal Go at the, the Chateau, Chateau. Marmont. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a big night. I remember seeing... So she was there that night, and then also, um, I think Mindy Kaling was there. Oh, with, cool. Um, yeah. You know, what's his face? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. What? jerk <laughs> like they dated and i don't think he like was nice to her right i, I mean know. i don't i don't know enough to comment on it but i knew, know that they did i don't know yeah. and then there's the rumor that he's the father of her oh okay baby she's a baby oh i didn't know that good to know yeah i did i uh she was great in oceans eight we were talking about oh yeah oceans eight yeah we were talking about how it's just like meh well because okay because this okay so the original oceans 11 came out well not the original like i mean not like the rat pack one but <laughs> the original one with you know george clooney and brad pitt that came out in 2001 uh-huh. okay so like that's that's so long ago that's yeah. 17 years Fuck ago me I can't, I'm shocked saying that right I know, now. I know. And I loved that movie so oh, much. Fuck. I've never seen them. This was the first You've time. never seen them? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I actually, well, Ocean's 13 kind of sucks. I actually like Ocean's 12 a lot. Okay. Um, but anyway, like just the idea of like a heist movie is a little, it feels a little outdated because, yeah. because do people even like commit crimes like this anymore? <laughs> I don't I know. know. I feel like a heist is like, you can't really get away with a heist anymore, which is like depressing, you yeah, know, because we're all, true. we're all like on a grid being watched. It's and- true. The only real scams these days, like the only real heist movie is like getting into a banking system, like what happened in the Philippines, like how they like, what got, happened? I don't know. There was something, somebody got hackers. into their, hackers <laughs> got into their like countries, yeah. like, you know, Federal Reserve or some shit, or just banks, banking system, and and mm. stole $150 million. Oh, just that's like, it? Boom. <laughs> See, um, I'm not even impressed by them. <laughs> I'm not even impressed by $150 million. But yeah, like, I mean, that's the way that it's that it's going to happen. It's, it's yeah. So it yeah. did feel like that. But it, well, it was Well, and, you know, Sandy Bullock, you know, God bless her. She, uh, I mean. Well, they all got work done on their face. Uh, I was just going to, I was just going to bring that. <laughs> oh, well, don't you think Kate Planchette's face looked a little... Different. Look, they, I I don't listen. They all got it. They all, should we use the one. word alleged? Okay, so this alleged plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like, okay, you know when somebody has that like when their nose is starting to like yes, it's like kind of like concave mm-hmm. on the sides. Yeah. It's definitely because they've had multiple nose jobs. Yeah. Like, and Sandra Bullock's nose is not normal. Guys, <laughs> look up pictures of Sandra Bullock from the '90s. That's not the same person. Okay, it just, it, it's really it's just it was so distracting. Hard for me. Yeah, it was. I was distracted during the movie looking at her face. I was like, "What is wrong?" I was with looking at all of face? their all of they all got all collagen implants in their not lips. like Rihanna, right? No, not Rihanna. She's she's very pretty. Yeah, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I yeah. love Rihanna so much. Yeah. Um. Wait, who else though? Who was that one girl? Oh, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, Sarah Paulson. She had some... A little bit. She looked like she's had some... But I was grateful that she got a movie role. I think I like her and she's, uh, she's, you know what I mean? I'm glad she made it mainstream film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made it mainstream film. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Overall, though, like, no, you're right. Because we were talking. I don't want to bring up a spoiler alert, guys. But basically, this movie is like ruined by today's technology (laughs) in a way. But we mentioned that the the saving, the thing that made it current only was the 3D printer. Right. They like 3D printed. Yeah. Which also, I think, took away any sort of like. um, Challenge. Challenge. There was no challenge. Right. Well, I don't want to spoil it too much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I guess go see it. I mean, it's good for like two hours of like not thinking. Yeah, just entertainment. You know, just, except yeah. what, one movie I would not recommend to anybody, unless you're you're comfortable with being depressed uh, for an entire <laughs> day, maybe two days, is um, First Reformed with um, Ethan Hawke. It's oh. the new Paul Schrader movie. Oh, okay. Ugh. I... I Oh my god. I I don't even know what to say about that movie. It's unbelievably depressing. So yeah, go watch that if you're <laughs> already in a terrible mood. My latest thing these days is I love getting like I'm a newfound pothead for sure. I don't like I've replaced drinking with pot. And, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was never my thing. Listen, it was never my yeah. thing, but I've I've found uh a lot of I f- I love getting stoned and going to the movies. Hmm. It's totally just like I've never done this. I've never en- I've never stopped and enjoyed life before, and all of a sudden I'm doing that and just getting oh. stoned and going to the movies. Well, it's I like great. I like just going to the movies. I consider like going to the movies for me like a form of therapy because to me it's like a suspension of like real life for a couple of hours and you get to like sit in the dark and <laughs> you know and like you could have like tears streaming down your face you just get to like be John nobody, Malkovich yeah nobody knows what's what's going on with you which is great for me and I love like crying in movies like I'm love crying <laughs> there was no teary moments in Ocean's 8 though <laughs> no no there was not yeah which is depressing to me what's the most surprising movie you've ever cried in Legally Blonde. <laughs> I cried in Zoolander. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Why? Well, the part where uh, <laughs> the part where Derek loses the uh, Model of the Year award. Oh, and see the then... same. That's what happened to me in Legally Blonde when he tells her that she's not oh. smart enough. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sad. Yeah. yeah. That movie holds up too. It does. I it's think. really fucking funny. I, I just... saw it recently. Me too. But uh, yeah, so like Hansel like rides by on his like Vespa and like splashes Derek. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, that's so sad. Like, the only makes me so sad. Do you relate to Zoolander? To Derek Zoolander? <laughs> I, well, I mean, I don't relate to how, like, dumb he is. But, like, he there is this sort of, like, outcast element, you know, in yeah, the story. Yeah, exactly. Um, where he's, like, kind of, like, washed up. Yeah. You know, and so I get that. Um, oh, oh, I saw a trailer that made me fucking cry. A trailer that made you cry? A trailer that made what me cry. What was it? It was for the new A Star is Born, directed by... Oh, shit. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper and with Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> I was crying. I watched it again last night and I was just like, oh my God, this looks so good. Oh man, I'm excited to see it. My fiance is not pleased, is so With upset. With Bradley Cooper? No, is oh. upset that that A Star is Born is being remade and she's not playing the role. Oh. She loves well, Judy Garland. And they also made it different. It's kind of like a country music thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've never, Weird. I've never seen the original one. Or wait, is it Audrey Hepburn that's in the original one, or is it? No, it's, it's Barbara Streisand, isn't it? 
Hold they on. remade it. It's been remade like three no, times. No, so A Star is Born, the 1976 version. So okay. A musical drama film telling the story of a young woman played by Barbara Streisand, an easy listening folky oh, yeah, type ingenue who enters the music business and meets and falls in love with an established male rock star played by Chris Christopherson, only to find her career ascending while his goes into decline. Oh, Ooh, it's a remake is... of two yes, earlier see? versions. Yeah, it's been remade like three times. And the other uh, two versions, one of them stars... One of those, I, I believe, yeah, so, Judy Garland. Yeah, so there's a yeah. 1937 version, uh, a drama starring Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. And the 1954 version was a musical starring Judy Garland and James Mason. Yeah. It will be remade this for sounds... a fourth time starring Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And this seems like your type of movie, though. The Does man it? is like overshadowed by the female's career. Oh. Like her career rises up and like <laughs> yeah. the ego thing. Well, because did you watch? By you, Heather. Men are intimidated by you. I've heard this a lot, yeah. and it, that depresses me. It depresses it's hard. me. Yeah, it's hard because I don't know. I guess I, especially now, there's such a threat on mass. Like men are so fragile with like all this threat to masculinity. Nonsense. Well, you know, I've had this conversation repeatedly where I have found that women my age seem to especially in los angeles have their shit together mm -hmm. you know like i know so many like hard-working talented women here who just like you know they get shit done like they're grinding like I, i'm talking about like stand-ups actors yeah. you know all that type of shit but like men well they have never had to <laughs> until now and so that's the thing they're watching like these women who kick ass and work hard and like it's foreign to them because they never had to until this generation yeah, but i see a lot of men my age who are basically like floundering exactly while, while women while women are like they're literally incapable many of them not all of them but many men are very i feel like at this point in time don't understand like Hmm. like you know it was just easy for them before their role always was oh you're the provider like through history right sure and now it's like not for yeah the last several well i've never in my entire adult life i've never had a man like support me financially ever and you know it's funny because my, my mom like if i'll have a boyfriend and like i'll tell her like well i'm broke right now and she's like well why doesn't your boyfriend give you money mm. and i'm like well That's one funny. i wouldn't ask yeah and two, I usually have more money than my boyfriend's. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's like whatever. Except the last few guys I've gone out with, like they've, you know, paid for everything. And, you know, that's whatever. Not here nor yeah. there. But <laughs> which is fine. Um, but I don't know. I guess like these guys haven't had. Yeah, you're right. They haven't had to like step out of that. Um, it's just not as easy. They have to they have to take more stuff. Like they have to put in actually it doesn't it's not just handed to them anymore it's not just mm -hmm. like accepted like oh you i'm you know you're gonna work your way up through the ranks right. like it's just not that way anymore yeah because um uh, well one of my friends she like read me my uh my birth cards my destiny cards mm -hmm. and you know like one of the things she was telling me she's like oh you like you always have the ability to to make money if you need to yeah which i do like yeah. if i ever if i like <laughs> Like if I like have a bill that's like two hundred dollars, I'm I'm like okay, how can I make two hundred extra dollars? Yeah, and I have like multiple like ways of like figuring that out. What's your birthday, by the way? December thirty first. Are you gonna do? My no, I want to look up your destiny card. Okay, oh, your, I love it. Your birth card, December thirty first, eighty six, right? Yeah. Oh, if you don't want to say that, then well, that's fine. We already said I was thirty one. <laughs> right. Some people, well, because no, I have a recurring bit on this podcast where I'm like, yeah, as a as a young 22-year-old ingenue. Um, well, because I'm weird about... I don't like 
lying about age I feel like it's because what you end up doing is like it's just embarrassing like there was this chick I used to work with who claimed to be I remember meeting her and she was like I'm 25 and she was like clearly 40 Uh and I'm like now you just look like a really like you look like a really uh haggard 25 year old rather than just being like a really hot 40 year old you know what i mean yeah oh boy hold on a second here did i do this right Uh uh-oh what what i don't know i'm like what is my destiny card i think your card card is the joker card and what does that mean like december 31st oh well i'll read it to you okay sure let's do it okay so uh your birth card is the fool's card I'm already the Joker hurting. card. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Um, little is really known about the Joker. He has no life path cards or yearly spreads from which we can make any sort of calculations. <laughs> in truth, the Joker can be any card in the deck that he or she chooses to be. Interesting. Huh? I think I'm adaptable. Okay. Uh, we cannot even make relationship comparisons between the Joker and other cards since it holds no place in any other of the spreads that define the life paths of the other cards of the deck. The Joker is no card and yet is all the cards of the deck <laughs> at the same time. Wow. That's interesting. The Joker can assume the personality it's of true. any card in the deck at will and yet they have no personality that is truly their <laughs> own. <laughs> That's devastating. Not trying to insult you. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's just what it says. Thus, they fall into a unique category in our system of card understanding that separates them from every other card in the deck. Whether this special place is a blessing or a curse is highly dependent upon the individual who possesses this birth card. As in the case of the other cards, every trait we are discussing is either used or abused by the individual, and the choices that the individual makes are what determines the nature of their lives. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, a joke. Okay, hold on. It says a joker might be considered the jack of all jacks. Ah, uh, that makes sense. This would tend to make them very creative, youthful acting, and extremely independent. The Joker is part of the royal family, and so we find that they are proud and not too fond of being told what to do, as is the case with most jacks, queens, and kings. Because of the strong creative urges in the Joker, we find many are attracted to stage or theater. (laughs) The same creative energy can show up as a dishonest streak in some of them as well. Many are successful musicians or artists. Whatever type of profession they choose, they are independent and must maintain a certain amount of freedom if they are to be happy and satisfied. That is, all of that is so true. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my card's uh, Ace of Diamonds, and basically what that card is about is having a constant conflict between um, wanting a successful career and wanting a a successful relationship. Which I could have told you And it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hard to have both at the same time. My therapist said that too. She's like, yeah, that is what you struggle with. I'm like, yeah. That is the ultimate struggle for you, which is why, Mm -hmm. so dating somebody who is within the industry is probably a good call for you. You just need to find a man who's secure. (laughs) Like, because I, 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 I need a lot of stability. I'm a Capricorn, so yeah. Capricorns need a lot of stability. And yet, I never dated anybody who was in entertainment because I always assumed, like, clashing egos and all that stuff. I, you sure. know, the, the Ryans and the Reeses of the world, the Chad Lowe's yeah. and Hillary Swanks. Like, oh, my God. You know I mean? Well, see, I mean, those are the pro. That's that's when the woman is much more successful it, than yeah, the man. Yeah, yeah. God, I heard Ryan Phillippe is a 
fucking asshole. Sue me, Ryan. No. <laughs> um, you yeah. just stated a fact. You heard. Somebody said it. Well, I have no... <laughs> see, here's the thing about me. I, ha- I would have zero problem being with a man who is much more successful than me. Even if he was astronomically more successful. Sure. I would have no problem with that. Sure. It would not bother me. Sure. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's... I guess I means I'm secure in myself yeah no i think that that's good i think that that's good yeah i I think it's um i i know now from dating somebody in the industry that i that it really works for me because Mm -hmm. i i care about nothing but funny entertainment in all capacities so it's like getting to be with somebody that i can talk about that with 24 7 is is right and i and i just feel like at this point like nobody's really gonna understand what i'm doing like oh yeah i'm going out at 11 p.m at night to like go on stage it's like nobody's gonna get that unless unless they're in it in entertainment or they don't necessarily even have to be a stand-up i was gonna say maybe avoid (laughs) stand-up stand-ups but it's, (sighs) it's hard i know well i don't know but it is such a unique feel. I really, so when no, somebody I gets really it, I haven't really gone out with any standups. Except, well, I had a boyfriend who was. And well, and there's the one that that we talked about slightly. Yeah, he's not really standup. I mean, I, I think that one was heard. I think I think what the name you just said was picked up in the. It's what? Fine. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna beep it. <laughs> I'll beep it out. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very your. Your struggles, you wear your struggles on your sleeve, Heather. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, tell me about it. That's okay, though. It's like, it's good. At, at least you're not, Well, you I think know. so many people are so, like, fucking secretive yes. about certain things. Which I hate. Like, I really hate secret. Hate it. Secrecy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it, it, you're basically just harming yourself by not, you know, talking about these, like, various things. So, I don't know. I, a lot of people are just, like, unwilling to confront. Yes, problems yeah well it's hard i i think i was for a really long time i didn't used to have any emotions i was just like work only no i don't feel anything and then i would feel something when and then ultimately that would lead to shoving all the feelings inside until they blew up because Mm -hmm. of you know a breakup or something and then i was devastated and depressed and um and now i feel on the regular and it's fucking hard Mm -hmm. it's hard yeah yeah how was your saturn return Oh my god. The <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. Um gosh, it was one of the roughest times of my entire life. I was in an abusive relationship at that time. Okay. Yeah, which was very similar to the, so when I was reading the details of the Chris Hardwick situation, yeah. that that girl's blog, I was like, "Oh my god, this sounds very similar to a situation I was in." Except he never um he never did like the controlling thing where like, oh, you can't hang out with this person or that person because I think he was also focused on like trying to like sleep with as many women as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was a cheater too. But um, they usually are. Yeah, my Saturn return. And for those of you who don't know what that, well, do you want to explain what it is to it's, our uh, audience? Yeah, it's know? it's where uh, Saturn returns to. It's made its full revolution around the sun, and it returns to the very point it was at. Yeah. at the moment you were born, and it's usually. Between the age of 27 and 29, right? It takes 27 yeah, to 29 like, years. Yeah. It's like a and, – and, like, that's the thing is that they say it's like – which talks about, like, the 27 club, right? All those individuals who die at Yeah, because you're basically at, like, this extremely, like, vulnerable and painful moment in your life. Well, because and it's you're very so aware. Yeah, because you know yourself. All of a sudden you've had a f- this full – 
round of like and I the term um seven year itch even comes from that because every yeah. seven years Saturn squares well I would say I I didn't really feel like oh like I'm a woman until I was like 28 sure. almost 29 sure um, and I was finally like oh okay I'm a grown woman now yeah like after all the, some of the stuff I had gone through I was like okay here it is finally <laughs> like I'm owning <laughs> myself and my experiences but it was like one of the roughest times of my life where I was just like I was so depressed yeah so depressed my therapist at the time she was like you know I think you're going through a Saturn return yeah. which is, even I, like a therapist which is it, it's a real fucking shit I know every therapist I have has been into like, like my therapist right now like she loves like crystals and like tarot and stuff I'm like oh like we're the same person yeah <laughs> it's very LA though I guess too. it is and I but I also just think in general you know it's interesting because uh, I, uh, you know, I do a podcast and so that's based in spirituality stuff. And so I was talking with the dudes who directed Wild Wild Country, which is the mm-hmm. Rajneesh docuseries on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they uh, talked about how one of the women in that, their goal was to bring meditation to the West. Oh, yeah. And they totally did. Yeah. And so that is something that's really big right now is more Eastern philosophies. Oh, sure. And... I feel like we're kind of flipping. I feel like the West is more consumed in, or the East is becoming more consumed in capitalistic culture and less spiritual. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And so like, uh, I do think it's very trendy, all this stuff that's happening, but you can't, you cannot deny the fact that the moon affects a glass of water, which mm-hmm. we always say, right? Like a moon, the moon affects a glass of water and we're 70% water. So I do think that the gravitation, gravitational pulls, like you can't, I guess, deny that there isn't some sort of connection to that shit. Mm. You know? Yeah. No, there definitely is. I, I've i been meditating now. Good. Um, yeah, I guess it helps. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've always been interested also in like, I was raised Catholic, but okay. like I'm really interested in Buddhism. Yeah. So I might like start thinking about that. I don't know. I read a couple books that were like really modern takes on, on helping. It was yeah. Buddha Walks Into a Bar. Oh, did you watch uh, the Zen Diaries of Gary? Shandling? I did, and I'm I feel like I'm Gary Shandling. That's I'm what obsessed I, with him. That's the stuff that I write in my notebooks, and I'm obsessed with my be- with, just with being right now. I'm like, just be Heather, just like yeah. Be well, the the, the part thinking. one part in the it was in part two of the documentary. They were he, so this was when he was talking to Ramdas, I think, mm-hmm. and they were talking about just like how important it is to to free yourself of ego. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's been a really important part of my life the last couple of years. Because I remember when I was growing up, like, I, oh my God, I was just like, I want to be famous. I want to mm-hmm. be so fucking famous. Yeah. And I want everybody to pay attention to me. Yeah. And now when I think about that, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds like a nightmare yeah. to be famous. Because even though like, I know I'm like barely anybody in entertainment, like I get like recognized by people sometimes and I get like weird messages from sure. fans on the internet and I'm just like... This is already weird yeah. and and I'm not known. You know what yeah. I mean? No, and yeah. I couldn't imagine the nightmare it could be for somebody who's actually really famous and I'd think about like how lonely that could be. Sure. You know, to mm-hmm. just like be isolated from people in certain ways. Yeah, I think that in a big way. Um yeah, and then also like, you know, I wanted to be like, you know, really rich, you know. And like it's not really necessary to be rich. Like no. to me, 
I just want to not worry about, I want to have like emergency money and not worry about like certain things like, you know, where I'm living or yeah. like things like that. You know, that's all I really care totally. about, you know. Which I think does come with like, because I mean, I think I, I, I've i gone through that same struggle. I thought for sure like fame was the answer to all these things. Right. And, it's, and, yeah. Yeah. And then you like find out that like, you know, A, that it's not. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and yeah, so I I, ident- I identify and relate to the Gary Shandling documentary quite a bit. Yeah, um, because you know, like some some of the most famous people are like so miserable, and like I, even Jim Carrey, who is questionable in a lot of ways, he. <laughs> but we respect him at the Comedy Store, guys. <laughs> no, but I he, don't even think he's questionable. I I, I really see. I really he's do a little see eccentric him. and has said some interesting things. But there's one thing he said that I think is like very important and people I think blow him off for saying this they're like well fuck you for saying this because you're so rich but he was like he's like you know you realize like you can have like so much money and so much fame fame and then you realize like oh like this is not yeah I'm still unhappy. People think it's a people think they, it's they, the key to lo- long lasting happiness. Yeah and it's happiness absolutely is, not it's not happiness is in the moment have you ever seen the hours with uh Meryl oh yeah the Streep Virginia Woolf and, movie yeah, yeah 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 I did I did there's this moment within it where like Meryl Streep is talking about the past and she's like I remember we were all so young out on the deck and I remember looking around at us and thinking like mm-hmm. we're all going to be so happy one day mm. little did I realize like that was it we were happy in the moment mm. and like it's it really fucking is hard to accept but like there's no answer to to never-ending happiness other than being like I was recognizing and I said this to my partner the other day I was like I'm grateful that this is how it's always going to be and what I mean mm-hmm. by that is like you know we will go to we went to a premiere of a documentary that she's a part of which is great it's by mm-hmm. comedian Shane Moss do you know Shane Moss oh yeah 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 so the um the psychonautics talks about yeah, psychedelics all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's him, fantastic. Yeah. And so um, I've known him for years and I uh, I actually met him through somebody we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the name you're going to beat. Right. So he, uh, <laughs> Shane, Heather was in his, um, in this documentary because she had had an experience. She talked about her experience on MDMA. Oh, okay. Or with MDMA, um, which I've had three experiences as well that were absolutely life-changing and it has helped my ego exponentially it's absolutely bananas i thought about maybe i should do something like that it, like, i did it in a therapy setting with a therapist oh really yeah that's a thing it's oh you need to tell me more about this oh later. my god <laughs> no but i mean i'll just tell you now okay yeah like i i um it has abs it absolutely has changed my life it made me i mean i'm talking quiet in a cabin just with a therapist and it is so because what MDMA does is it turns off, it um, decreases your amygdala or amygdala or whatever, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. where the fear is located in your brain. Right. And it turns on like it really helps your frontal cortex make connections. Mm-hmm. So you're able to look at all the things you're afraid to look at that you've buried. This uh-huh. is what, so it's very helpful for, for PTSD. And it helps you make connections with how it's affecting you right. and how to heal from it. And so, like, they are – it is going to become legal. The FDA, FDA is almost okay. proved it. So it's completely changed my life. And so Heather was in this documentary, and we uh, went to the premiere thing, and then we had a beautiful conversation with the dude about mushrooms outside for, like, a couple yeah. hours. And we came home, and we were talking about some materials we have to put together for a pitch next week. And I was like, this is how it's always going to be. We're going to – 
we may not ever be like super rich or like whatever, but at least we're always going to get to do fun things that we care about and continue to create and come home together and talk about it. Yeah. Because that's okay. Because to me, what I feel is the most important thing is that I'm just able to create what I think is important. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Because your life will stay the same. Your problems will always be the same. It just is, it's a different tier. So like, you know what I mean? Like if you struggle with money at this level, um, this one astrologer said it perfectly. She she told me that uh, Jessica Lanyado, she said that she had an individual come to her and and these people who make like 500 grand a year are like, when am I going to be, when am I going to have enough money? And she's like, never. If you don't have enough money, if you can't see that this is, then you will never have enough money. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. No, it's just this like, you know, people are like constantly trying to reach this, this level that they think will make them happy. And and that doesn't exist, you know. Capitalism is the number one pyramid scheme. Yeah. Yeah. So like when Gary Shanley talks about like losing your ego, that to me is like that's the ultimate form of like finding peace within yourself yeah is just not having this ego because ego traps you it does you know and i don't know (laughs) i'm not i'm not trying to like toot my own horn but i feel like i feel like i've done like so much like self-work good and in the past several years and 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 I don't know. I just like feel so grateful that I've like thought about all these things. Like, Absolutely. Even I, because we're still young, you know, which is great. But uh, <laughs> you know, because I feel like a lot of people will struggle for the with this for the rest of their lives. And like, these people with the ego, they're the ones who engage in yeah, like secret exactly because like like my father for example, like he was so he was very narcissistic and just so like tied to his ego. Where, like, I mean, one thing he loved to say, like, every year, like, so he would, like, say his age, he'd be like, well, I'm 57 years old. And then he would follow it up with something like, um, and I've got nothing to show for it. Yeah. And to me, that is so blinded. And it, it, it's like. And hard to hear you, as a you, child, because you're like, what do you mean? You well, had a fucking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to me, no, it, it says to me, like, oh, you don't love me. You don't appreciate me or my sister or my mother. You're addicted you know? to this ideal self you've created. Yeah. Like he was always like talking about like how, you know, he needed to be rich and like all this stuff. And and to me, it's like so sad when somebody doesn't understand that's not what so life is. So that's what you're attracting though is the men who are addicted, who have problems with their ego. Um, yeah, but in maybe in different ways. I don't know. Well, the ones who are intimidated by you that you're doing well within in their like in their eyes, they're like, oh, she's like doing well. And like it yeah. makes them it that you know they've got fragile egos i suppose i suppose <laughs> i don't know i i just like i don't know maybe one day i'll meet somebody who is more similar to myself maybe i need somebody who's like me i feel like you need a woman <laughs> yeah but you know unfortunately i, I know. am attracted you, to men i know um it's... look i've thought a lot about that and it's all women have and then it's just like if you're not attracted you can't and it's just right yeah no i i definitely like men (laughs) which is a sad you know reality (laughs) that i have to live with well i i do i have a lot of male friends that i love that i genuinely adore and Mm -hmm. i i'm so grateful to have that male energy in my life in those ways yeah and more often than not i look at them and some of them have great bodies and i'm like i'm so happy that i'm not physically attracted to you i yeah. couldn't imagine like i don't remember what it's like to like hug someone and like not have boobs there you know what i mean oh like that would feel or put my like they're like 
you know what I mean? It just feels weird. Yeah. Well, no, there's something about chest. like about like men that I'm like, I mean, there's like certain things about men that I'm like so attracted because people have asked me this, like, what are you like? What are parts of men that you're attracted to? And I really like 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 forearms and hands sure. and like like a sh- like strong hands. And like I just like when guys are like, you know, they're like stubbly. I don't know. They're like, you know, because yeah, women like are men. like soft, yeah. you know. I'm soft. I'm a soft yeah. woman. <laughs> totally. Women are smooth. Women are soft. And yeah. you just, uh, and you like the, the the men, the manly stuff. And that's okay. Yeah. That's it. You know, what can I say? <laughs> so, anywho, um, I guess we have to be wrapping it up. So, do we have, like, final thoughts or, like, do we need to wrap anything up that well, uh, we touched on? Not really. I mean, I guess we pretty much like covered it. Covered it. You know, yeah. for the most part. Um, do you? Okay, so do you have like anything you want to plug, like projects or? Um, I I'm not gonna plug a podcast on a podcast. I have uh, <laughs> um, uh, stuff will probably be coming out this fall. A, f- a film. Look for it. And also, I uh, have a monthly show mm-hmm. in an open space on Fairfax called Pyramid Scheme mm. Comedy. A Friday or it's the second Friday of every month. Second Friday. There's and it's a terrible date because there's so much good shit on Fridays in this town. That's bitch face for you know, Amy so and f- Rachel. That's like fucking um uh the P- Desano's um, yeah sauce. sauce and it's yeah. Teddy and Mikey have their Friday. I'm like this is yeah. the worst fucking time slot. But so funny because I avoid so much comedy on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go do. to the fourth best show in town on Fridays, come yeah. to, to come. Well, I'll, I'll, when, yeah, when's the next one? It's July 13th. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll come. Oh, I might be in New York, though. I don't know what I'm doing in well, life. I need, to have you anyway. <laughs> I need to have you anyway. So uh, look for look it up and find when Heather Maruli's coming. And oh. it'll, she'll, it'll be uh, yes. like August or September. Yes, I'll be there, you know, talking about my problems <laughs> on stage. Um, plug your social media, I guess. Yeah, yeah just my name, Heather Terman, T-U-R-M-A-N. Mm, how lucky. Everything. I know. <laughs> my name. How, how simple and lucky. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm putting this up... Uh, this week so where am i gonna be uh portland oh well that's yeah i'm gonna be in portland at the end of july this week let's see tuesday i'm at uh what is it is it the rec room in uh it's in the valley just that's it's on my website (laughs) i don't know i'm in the valley doing casey coop show uh look up here and then let's see thursday i'm doing a a spot on a set list at the pack which is one of my favorite shows to do because i love I've been doing so much like improvised stand up. Oh, that's great. Like even on book shows, I'll go up and not do any real material. Me too. I've been doing that a lot lately too. Which is like risky. Well, you know, I feel like I'm far enough in stand up where I can like take a risk Play on like and... a shitty show. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want. I was take that back. <laughs> totally. You know, just a show. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so I'm gonna have uh, shows in Portland at the end of July. Maybe Seattle. Who knows what I'm doing in life. Um, I guess that's it. And yeah, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Fixed Air Heather. Yes, which is a reference to my astrological sign because I am eccentric. <laughs> and find me on my website, unrulymeruly.com. Oh, and you can email the podcast, which uh, nobody has. <laughs> Unrulypodcast.gmail.com. I'm going to email you. I do you get messages I'm... about the podcast on different avenues, but not on Gmail. Unrulypodcast.gmail? Yeah. I'm going to send you, thank you for having me. Oh, see, <laughs> so see and get then an I'll email have message. one email. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming by. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy Sunday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>